Moncrief on News Talk. Brought to you by Avant Money. Think you're getting the best value from your bank? Think again. Now, as you may have heard today, Allied Irish Bank has announced it will be turning 70 of its 170 outlets around the country into cashless ones. So is this another step towards the inevitable death of coins and notes and to a cashless society? Bob Quinn is a financial planner for money advisors based in Nace. Afternoon, Bob. Sean, good afternoon to you. Uh, to, to a certain extent, would it be fair to say, do you think, Bob, because Allied Irish Bank are saying, well, there's not as much demand for cash. That reduction in demand for cash, is this something that not just AIB, but banks in general have created themselves? Yeah, there's been a significant shift to get people banking online over the last four or five years in particular. I've seen that kind of uh, accelerated by uh, COVID over the last uh, two, two and a half years as well. It's something that they have made themselves, created themselves. And now the final push is on, I think, to drive people out of local branches and send them online. And that works for a lot of people, myself included. Mm. But there's an awful lot of people not even on the periphery that are going to be affected by AIB's decision today. It, because it is striking me, I was looking through the, and this is not really to have a go at AIB particularly, uh, because it seems to be an industry-wide thing, but the the the, mm. uh, the vast majority of the, uh, the branches that are going cashless are outside Dublin. Uh, and they may mm. well be in parts of the country where the broadband isn't the best. And if your broadband isn't great, uh, doing your banking online might be a bit tricky. Uh, well, <clears throat> I grew up uh, not too far away from, I think, where you grew up, Sean. I grew up in uh, uh, halfway between Toome and Dunmore mm. in County Galway. And to this day, my parents have satellite broadband. And depending on which way the wind blows determines what kind of signal you get. <laughs> and the phone signal is also terrible. So to give you an example, my dad is a sheep farmer down in down in Tume. And a lot of farmers typically deal in cash because you're paying contractors, the sheep shearer comes in, the, the baler comes in and whoever it might be. And if AIB is essentially saying to people like my dad, look, Seamus, why don't you just uh, go online and sort out the contractor by, by sending money across on Revolut? All good and well if you can get a signal. Not so great, though, if you can't get a phone signal. So, you know, Significant issues for someone like that, for instance. Yeah. Uh, well, plus also if, and it is a significant issue, I would have thought that, that if you do all your banking online, you're leaving a fingerprint everywhere and this information is stored someplace. Well, it's stored someplace. And what we know, too, over the last few years, uh, online privacy and data hacking is is a significant issue. And everyone is entitled to have their finances remain private. But once you put everything into a cloud-based system and that cloud-based system gets hacked, then your entire life spills out. And I know from meeting clients every day of the week, we feel vulnerable when we have our financial affairs exposed, even though there's not necessarily anything that we're, we're ashamed of, if you like, or anything like that. But our finances lead to a sense of vulnerability. And if I were to ask you, Sean, well, Sean, show me all your bank statements for the last six months. I would imagine that would probably make you feel somewhat uncomfortable. So um, once every transaction goes into a bank statement, then your entire life can be viewed by a third party if they come into contact with your transaction history. Mm. And that's a concern as well. People are fully entitled to make withdrawals in cash and therefore nobody knows apart from the person spending the cash, what the cash has been spent on. 
And that's a very fair and legitimate position to take. But that position is being taken away from the individual now uh, when banks say, well, look, we're actually all heading to a cashless world and you don't have a choice. Yeah, the, the, as far as you understand it now, because the, the AIB have kind of spun it in uh, in a way that, you know, but we're still, uh, we have this arrangement with uh, on post. Will that be as good uh, for customers who still want to deal in cash? Well, I, I don't know. I don't know about anyone else, but uh, when I land down to the post office, I go there typically to uh, send a letter by registered mail, if you like. And uh, on post are very much a, a traditional uh, organisation still to this day. And um, I think a lot of frustration will develop if, if AIB are st- staying to on post and, and post office customers to send mail. Look, we're now going to send a whole raft of people into on post to actually do their day-to-day banking, if you like, and to make withdrawals, that the queues in on post are going to become even longer if that's the case. So I don't really think it's going to suit anyone by directing this traffic from rural Ireland into the rural post offices that are already on certain days of the week really, really busy. So if you have time to spare, if you're retired and you're maybe looking for something to do, if, if, that, if that's the type of life you live, <laughs> maybe it'll suit you. But I can tell you for someone like me landing down to the post office, wanting to send something in a hurry, it certainly won't suit me. Yeah, not to be ageist about it, but do you think this change will affect older people more? Yeah, well, older people have, uh, you know, by and large, still uh, um, a reluctance of banking online. Um, I don't know if, you know, if, if there's, um, if too many older people embrace technology the way maybe a, a, an 18-year-old does today. And so I think this is a signal to older people, well, you got to get with the time, so to speak. And there's, there's lots of people that have been banking in a more traditional manner for 60, 70 years uh, at this point in time. And AIB's uh, announcement today is saying to someone who's banked a certain way for decades, well, we're not allowing you to do that anymore. You must do it on our terms, even though you're the customer. So the customer isn't king in this particular instance. Yeah. Now, and I suppose it's it's very complicated to work out, but... And you can argue that if you have a hundred euro in your pocket, you have a hundred, you know how much you have. But at the same time, you had mm. to withdraw that, and that cost you something. As opposed to if you have a hundred euro to spend on your debit card, which is cheaper. Mm. Well, we know to get cash to an ATM is an expensive and high risk activity. Believe it or not, I suppose we we know of all all the types of uh, crimes associated with intercepting cash vans and all that type of stuff, but. To make a withdrawal from an ATM is going to cost you typically a fee. Now, if you're withdrawing a large amount of money, it also raises security issues as well. Guy who's carrying a thousand euro in his wallet is someone that you'd sooner you'd sooner pickpocket, as opposed to the guy maybe with a with a debit card, perhaps. But all things being equal, there's there's two sides to this. Well, if I have a hundred euro in my wallet, um, I'm more reluctant to spend cash. This has been proven. If you have to take physical cash out of your wallet and spend it you're more reluctant maybe to do that uh, than you are by tapping your phone at a contactless terminal. Um, A contactless terminal, depending on how you use it, depending on what card it's linked back to, you may be paying fees and charges there. But so there's not a whole lot between the two. But there's, there's, at this point, there's uh, an indication that to bank online is going to become considerably more expensive 
over the next few years than what it is today. So if we were to compare like for like today, I'd probably say there's not a whole lot to it depending on how much you're withdrawing at the ATM or what the transaction is online. However, come back to me, Sean, let's run this segment again in two years' time. And the, the shift between the two will be astronomical. We see Ulster Bank and KBC are pulling out. Competition yeah. in the Irish banking market is diminishing significantly. But what happens when competition diminishes? Prices increase for the re- remaining competitors. And that's ultimately a bad thing for the Irish banking consumer. But even, say, the likes of Revolution and these kind of online services, are they providing any meaningful competition to the remaining banks in Ireland? They are. Revolut's numbers and N26, another fintech company, Revolut in particular, uh, their, their, their numbers in Ireland are astronomical. Uh, right now, though, Revolut, while it's, it's really convenient for uh, tr- uh, transacting uh, between friends and family, if you like, and instant payments, and it's really... The app is pretty good. I think an awful lot of people are moving over to a Revolut mindset, but there's still uh, more traditional um, uh, ways of doing business where we like the idea that there's a physical branch or a physical business behind the company. Revolut, the nature of the business is it's a fintech company, so it kind of exists in cyberspace, if you like. That might create a barrier to uh, some people, typically, again, go back to two categories, older people, maybe uh, uh, farmers, for instance, where Revolut mightn't necessarily cut it in that regard. But Revolut also, while you can buy cryptocurrency on it and stocks and shares, they've announced more recently you can actually uh, take out a loan from them, um, whatever about an overdraft. And I think if Revolut starts to increase the amount of banking products that it can provide to the Irish consumer, I think then it's going to pose a real big headache for the traditional banks here in Ireland. Because we don't necessarily want to take a scattergun approach with our finances. We like to think, well, we've our current account, we've our credit card, we've our overdraft, whatever the products might be, all centralized in one company, and we know how to deal with that company. But right now, Revolut just isn't necessarily where it needs to be to provide a more significant uh, threat to the traditional retail banks here. Ah, right. So you couldn't like pay a, 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 a mortgage off your Revolut account or anything of that nature? Well, you can because you've a BIC and IBAN, so you can do all that. Mm. Albeit, I know there's still a little bit of resistance uh, from certain companies in accepting uh, a Revolut IBAN uh, as, a, as a manner in which to pay. Um, but we're moving there. But again, it's the, the overdrafts and the credit cards that people want to see as an extension of their current account as well. And uh, Revolut isn't necessarily there just yet. Okay, it's just at the moment, it's, well, it's my experience, it's just a way for your kids to suck cash out of you instantly. <laughs> Uh, uh, Absolutely, yeah. It's very yeah. useful for that. The, would you, because, I mean, they're saying already some, you know, it's always some Nordic countries, you know, they're almost at that point where they're completely cashless. How long do you reckon, Bob, before that happens to us? I hope we won't go down that route in its entirety. Sweden intends to be entirely cashless, I think, by uh, this time next year. And entirely like cashless it. sounds convenient, and more than we even know, you get on Dublin bus and you can tap and it's, mm. you know, no, no turn with cash or anything like that. So tap, tap, tap and off you go. Uh, it's something actually myself and uh, uh, Ivan used to talk about on the hard shoulder a couple of years back. But when it comes down to a cashless society, an entirely cashless society is not where we want to be. I don't see many of our politicians or regulators necessarily uh, taking a firm line on this and saying to retail banks in Ireland, going, look, 
by all means, you can reduce cashless services, but you can't abandon cashless services in its entirety. And it's time that our regulators and politicians and legislators said, enough's enough, you must maintain a certain degree of cash in the economy because there are unbanked people, there are people living on the margins of society, if you like, that uh, are going to be worse affected when we move to more of a cashless society. So I'd state on the record here today, if anyone thinks going entirely cashless in this country is a good thing, they're absolutely mistaken. And we, we shouldn't go that way. We need to give the facility to people that, like myself, I enjoy banking online, it's convenient, but I don't want to bank online in its entirety. And there's an awful lot of people out there that simply can't bank online for reasons we discussed earlier. And if you remove those uh, um, uh, cash facilities from them, it's going to be a major, major disruption to their lives. So let's not go there. Let's not even dream about going there because it spells trouble for an awful lot of people. Bob, uh, we'll talk to you in two years, so, uh, when we're having our next heat wave, uh, and we'll see how things have uh, hopefully not changed for the worse. That was uh, uh, Bob Quinn there. He's uh, principal of the Money Advisors based uh, in Nicetown. Moncrief. Brought to you by Avant Money. Think you're getting the best value from your bank? Think again. Weekdays at 2 p.m. on News Talk.